Welcome back to Porcelain Peak, the strange and scary podcast that covers everything from horror to sci-fi and all of the Netflix and chill stuff in between. Uh, I'm your host, John, and I'm joined as always by... Anthony! What's up, y'all? How's it going, man? Uh, it's going pretty good. Yeah. Rainy weather today, so... Yeah, I mean, it's been the past couple of days, but it's I mean... cozy in here. Yeah. <laughs> nice and toasty. Right, so this week we're going to be talking about the Umbrella Academy. Yep. Right? Okay. That's a show on Netflix. If you are unfamiliar with it, then uh, check it out on there and listen to this episode before or after either one. But this episode is going to contain spoilers. Several spoilers. We're going to get into the nitty gritty with this show. So I would say my professional opinion is you should watch the show first, come back and enjoy the discussion later, uh, and then... Uh, we'll talk about this at the end of the show as well, but uh, join in on the discussion as well. Um, we'll post something about it on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter. You know, uh, hop in and and discuss to your heart's content. Right. And uh, from a less professional point of view, I like listeners, so just listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> listen to the episode now. <laughs> but before we do that, we're gonna talk a little bit about a little bit of news, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of news. <laughs> So I wanted to mention a new show that came out on Shudder. I know we've been big advocates about that service. And if you aren't familiar with that, that's basically Netflix, but strictly horror stuff. And it's pretty rad. It's pretty reasonable priced, um, but I'm not trying to plug that. So well, the show I wanted to talk about <laughs> is by Eli Roth. It's Eli Roth's History of Horror. And uh, it's got a few episodes, and it ranges from different things. So the first episode is about zombies, and the next couple episodes are about slashers. It's two parts. I didn't check out any of the episodes outside of zombies, but the thumbnail had Jamie Lee Curtis on the slasher, and the second one had Tony Todd from Candyman fame in that genre at least. So that's pretty cool. Um, it has other categories too, like creatures and that kind of stuff. But I watched the first episode, the zombie episode, and it was okay. It had a lot of people, so that's cool. You're seeing people that are in the business talk about the business. Yeah. So that's always pretty interesting. I wanted a little bit more in-depth. As far as like history goes, it just basically talked about Romero, which is Makes yeah. sense because he basically birthed the genre, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. Especially to what we know today. It did get into a little bit about 28 Days and yeah. marked it as the first movie to have the runners mm-hmm. and that giant debate. So they talk a little bit about the debate between the walkers and the runners. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. There was, I mean, everybody's on it. I guess not everybody, but they had like Nicotero was on it. It had Rob Zombie on it, Elijah Wood, Josh Hartnett. Which I don't think did zombie stuff, but I know he's been in a few horror movies. Hey, um, he did uh, 30 Days of Night, which is... It's the closest vampires have ever been to zombies? <laughs> well, I, I disagree. What about uh, I Am Legend? I mean, are they technically either? They're technically they're vampires. They, can't, they don't, but I mean... In, they can't go out during the day. If you're looking at the movie, though, they don't <laughs> look like anything. They just look like weird naked people. My favorite. <laughs> yeah. Weird naked people. Right. Endorsed by Porcelain. 
You have you have a voice. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. I'd be interested to check more of it out. Obviously, I like horror more than just watching. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have books and we do the show and I like to learn more about it. So I'm going to definitely check that out. I guess I'll keep you guys posted. And if you've anyone out there has seen it, then let me know what you think. Then that brings us to trivia. Trivia. Here we go. The first category, as always, is going to be the monster category. What is the ancient Egyptian name of the titular character in The Mummy from 1932? Or, I guess, technically from The Mummy from 1999, too. Is it Tutankhamen? That is incorrect. It is Imhotep. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I know that's the name of, I guess, from the original and from the Brennan Fraser one. I don't yeah. know. I doubt they named the, the girl one from the new one, Imhotep, but yeah. who knows? All right. Uh, keeping it in a similar vein, what is the name of the hunchbacked assistant of Dr. Frankenstein in Frankenstein? Igor. You're wrong. No, it's definitely. <laughs> oh, like... no, you are wrong. Oh, all right. It's Fritz. Fritz. Well, there you go. I guess I know nothing. <laughs> from what Frankenstein? From the nineteen thirty one. Oh wow, there you go. I'm gonna I thought this was a slam dunk. I thought it was Igor too before I looked. <laughs> yeah. You just called me out yeah. to be an asshole. And you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. So the next one is gonna be Gore and Disturbing. In Dead Alive from nineteen ninety two. What is the relationship between the first zombie, Vera, and the protagonist, Lionel? Are they dating? They are mother and son. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. In Videodrome, 1983, oh, what man. on what organ is the malignant tumor developed by people who view the broadcast? Did I just watch this? Since we've been doing the show, I should know this. What organ... I'm a tumor, I'm a tumor. The brain. It is the brain. Okay. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Next category. Psychological. What is the name of the political party that institutes the annual purge in the Purge series from 2013 to 2018? Is it the Purge Party? <laughs> <laughs> it is the New Founding Fathers of America. Okay. All right. That's a little on the nose, but I mean, <laughs> less on the nose than the Purge Party. Um, <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> in a voice cameo role, what actor played the fiance of protagonist Michelle in 10 Cloverfield Lane? Bradley Cooper. It is Bradley Cooper. Nice. Um, I think I'm winning, buddy. Yeah, that's two to nothing. I've been blanking. <laughs> All right, next one is Paranormal. What actress played Thomason in The Witch? Shoot. What the hell is her name? I don't know what her name is. I can see her face vividly. I can name other movies she's been in, but I can't. I don't know what her (laughs) name is. It's Anya Anya Taylor-Joy. Okay. Uh, What actor portrayed Professor Jonas in Sinister? 
Vincent D'Onofrio? It is Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> I was trying to remember if that was the main guy. And then I was like, well, isn't, isn't Vincent D'Onofrio like have a reputation for playing the character that people go to in movies like for information? <laughs> He's done it more than once, right? So either that or um, be a weird alien cockroach <laughs> or or be a very like creepy but good at his job detective. There you go. Classic Vincent. All right. The next one is Killer. What Superman from 1978 actress was also in Black Christmas from 74? Is it Margot Kidder? Yes. Wow. I was not expecting to get that. Well played. I'll give you two points for that one. <laughs> you're, you're still you're still away. <laughs> All right. Um, in House of Wax from 1953. Uh, Professor Henry Jared is disfigured when Burke sets the museum on fire to collect what type of money? Insurance. Yep, insurance money. Okay, that dude, that was completely out of my ass. All right, man, last one. International. In The Orphanage from 2007, I feel like we get a lot of orphanage questions. Yeah. What does Simon require daily to survive? Blood. It's not as gruesome as that. It's medication. <laughs> in Pulse from 2001, what room is referenced on the crumpled printer paper found in the home of the victim? The front room. <laughs> <laughs> it's the forbidden room. Ah, yeah. Dude, I haven't seen that movie in forever. I forgot about that. I'm pretty sure that's four to one. I'm, I had a real bad outing there and a bad throw to go along with it. That's going to conclude the trivia section. If you liked that bit of news and that bit of fun, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button. <laughs> and uh, you're not going to miss an episode in any more of those antics. That being said, today's topic is going to be about the Umbrella Academy, like we mentioned. I don't really know how you want to approach this. So I'll give a little, a little uh, background for this. The Umbrella Academy, it was uh, written by Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance fame. Um, he's done a few comic series up to this point. His longest running and most beloved is The Umbrella Academy. It has three different series up to this point. One of them was released last year, and then they're working on another one to release this year. I heard that originally a television like channel, I might have been like AMC or something, wanted to option it. Uh, so they started working on like screenplays and stuff for it to figure out how they were going to do it. And then in the end, it ended up going to Netflix. So it has a really interesting art style. I've actually read the majority of the first series. Um, it has a really interesting art style. It's, it's very unique. But the story is essentially about this group of people on a random day uh, are all, all bare children at the same time. And they weren't pregnant when the day started. And then essentially what this person... Uh, known in the comic as the monocle, but known as father in uh, the in the show, right? Or they call him the eccentric billionaire, yeah. the most eccentric billionaire. <laughs> yeah, um, Reginald Hargreaves. Yeah. Uh, he goes around and tries to collect as many of these children as he can. How and the, how many were there total? So, so there's 43 okay, total. That's what I thought. There was a lot. Right? Yeah, there's a okay. lot of them, and he only ends up getting seven of them. So six of them end up having ridiculous uh, powers. Uh, some of them are a little more ridiculous than others. One of them is capable of jumping through time, a la Nightcrawler. 
Um, and space. Yeah, and space as well. One of them is just can throw knives really well. <laughs> he can curve anything. Yeah, he yeah, he could, yeah, he's able to to adjust the flight patterns mid mid range, which is it's cool. Uh, but that power is nowhere near having super strength or being able to convince people to do things by whispering in their ears. Right. You know, which is some of the other powers. Or communicate with the dead. Yeah. Um, I feel like... Which initially is kind of lame, but as the show develops, becomes a lot cooler, and I'm excited to see where that goes. We'll jump right into it and just kind of start off with what we think of the characters, at least at the beginning of the series. Well, before we do that, let's... Okay, so he gets seven. Yeah. He adopts them, and they come live with him while... They are children. Yeah. He has them sort of team up in X-Men fashion, more mm-hmm. or less, and go and be vigilantes, but they're accepted as vigilantes for the most part, it seems like. Yeah. We don't get a lot of backstory on that. And the story takes place with them as adults. Mm-hmm. And so we get flashbacks of them as this Umbrella Academy, but for the most part, they're grown and kind of gone their separate ways. Yeah. And that's where it starts. So the show begins with the father, again, spoilers, dying yeah and that brings them together and then it unfolds from that and so essentially they all uh begin to reconvene at the umbrella academy in order to pay respects to their dead father some of them less respectful than others and uh so they all meet up six of them have powers one of them does not they all kind of see where they've been and uh, what's been going on with their lives starting off we can start off in the order that their numbers are uh, number one, Luther or um, his nickname in the comics that doesn't really get used or mentioned much in the actual show is space boy. Oh they, yeah, they do. The, yeah. They, it's a, but it's like a little Easter egg. Whereas like most people refer to him as space. Boy. Uh, in the comic. Okay. I feel like they, they went an interesting route with his character in the very beginning. The majority of the characters aren't very likable. They all kind of have their like, their own thing that they're a stick in the mud about kind of, you know, he's upset that he's been away for so long and that people aren't being respectful about the fact that their father just died. And he was still kind of sipping the Kool-Aid a little bit. You know, he was definitely a, a pro umbrella Academy person. And we'll get into some of that later as to why, why he was still that way, even though he shouldn't have been. And I call him space because he, for the last four years, at least in the, show was on the moon Mm -hmm. seemingly on a mission from his father for something that we don't know at the time and then uh, number two is diego he is uh the one who throws the knives um he is very anti-umbrella academy very anti his father is kind of his uh, doing his own vigilante thing he's he's very abrasive um, he's definitely jaded. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the things that we haven't necessarily seen yet. It's an interesting dynamic between the two of them. Like I said, at the beginning, neither of those characters are really likable, but they have interesting dynamics and they flesh out more as the show goes on, which I really enjoyed. Number three is Allison. Uh, Allison has used her powers as the rumor to basically become a famous Hollywood actress. And so she's able to manipulate people's uh, thoughts and behaviors by saying, I heard a rumor that, and then filling in whatever she wants. <laughs> Which is like cute as a kid, but kind of silly as an adult. Yeah. And then there's number four, which is Klaus. And uh, Klaus, I think, is probably going to be a fan favorite. 
He is very over the top and flamboyant. They don't ever say his his code name in the show, but I think it's obviously like far and away the coolest code name. The Seance. Oh, really? It's a dope code name. Yeah, I don't think they ever say that. They don't say it at all. Um, uh, but he's portrayed as you know this very flamboyant uh, drug addict, right? Um, who's basically just coming back to to not pay respects, but also to try to rob the academy so that way he can <laughs> buy more drugs. And they dig into why that is later. And then there's number five who is not present at the beginning of the episode. Uh, he was lost in time because he decided uh, without knowing what he was doing that he was going to jump forward in time when they were young and then he was lost forever or so they thought. Right. And uh, he doesn't have a name. He just goes by number Yeah, five. he just goes by five. And then there's number six who is Ben. Uh, ben has some kind of weird creature that he's able to summon. Tentacles come out of his chest, yes. essentially. Um, he His nickname in the comics is the Kraken. Hmm, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, he has already perished at this point. He died in a previous mission. And so he's not present uh, for the most part in this episode. He does, uh, he does return later as someone that Klaus is able to speak to, which is interesting. And then there's uh, number seven, or Vanya, who is known as the person who has no abilities. Yeah, she's ordinary. Yeah. As they say throughout the series. Extraordinary, yeah. even. And so she writes a book about how ordinary she is and kind of reveals some of the family secrets so they all have a little bit of disdain toward her mm-hmm. when she arrives at the house. Luther thinks that something foul happened that put the father in his grave mm-hmm. and then five comes at the end of the first episode and tells them that the world's gonna end well so he tells vanya the world's gonna end right he doesn't tell anybody else because he doesn't feel like that they can help because he's see because he's seen what happens in the future he's seen that all of them died trying to stop it yeah so so that's kind of where the show goes so the show this this season, at least, is about them eventually getting together and trying to stop the apocalypse, which is in eight days, I think, at the beginning. Yeah, something along those lines. Right. Yeah. And so it, it has, you know, a lot to do with their, like, familiar relationships. But then that becomes the main focus as the series continues. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much where you end up after episode one. Um, where did you feel? Where how, how did you feel about the episode? After the first episode, I didn't necessarily have the desire to watch another one. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I was like, okay. Um, but I knew we were going to talk about it. And so I pushed through. And then I had mentioned that I wasn't a huge fan. You said that was probably the least exciting of the episodes or at least interesting. So It like, is the most set up. Right. Um, and like I said, it's also... Every character except for Vanya at their least likable. And I feel like without you know, just being dropped into this situation, you see all of these people and they are they all seem like stuck up. And I mean, some of that, like I said, it comes off poorly because you don't know the characters, you don't know their backstories, but also because they have abilities and it just seems like they kind of just have all taken advantage of them in some way, shape, or form in their lives to do something that may not necessarily be like the best use of their abilities. Right. And I was a little bit thrown off too by Luther because he has comically 
large, mm-hmm. <laughs> which gets explained later. And so I was a little bit less put off by it. But at the beginning, I was like, man, this guy looks like he skipped a leg day completely. Yeah. He's huge, dude. So um, in the comics, they don't even pull punches about it. He like, I feel like they approached it in the show better because they make it a thing. Whereas in the comic, they explain it away right off the bat. They're like, oh, yeah, he was on a mission to Mars and then they had to bring him back because he almost died and they used weird techniques to save him. And then he just is that way and he's just open about it. And I feel like this was a little more. Give his character a little more depth. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. So episode two, I feel like, is where it starts to kick off. Because this episode is very Five-centric, and Five is easily one of the best characters on the show. Uh, I would say, it for me, it's probably a tie between Five and Klaus. They're they're very likable in certain ways. Um, they're very cynical and sarcastic, and they they have some of the best lines in the entire show. And getting to see Five's perspective as he goes through the apocalypse, and then showing him basically trying to find his way back to figure out a how to stop the apocalypse, but B also try to find his love, which is a mannequin. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should mention too, that five went through the remainder of his life because he time travels as a teenager Mm -hmm. and stuck. He doesn't have control of his abilities completely. So he doesn't know how to get back. So he ends up spending all of his adulthood basically alone. Yeah. Until, a mysterious corporation time travels to him mm-hmm. and gives him a job as an assassin yeah. of sorts. And then when he is able to figure out how to get back to his family after his father dies, he ends up going from a middle-aged man back to a child. Uh, due to miscalculation. Yeah. Right. So he, so they're all grown up and he spends the entirety of the show as a, I don't know, like a 50-year-old trapped in a like a like a twelve year old body <laughs> yeah. and just like drinking and swearing and <laughs> driving, driving cars like it's it's like it's it it's like the opposite of like a fish out of water scenario <laughs> and it, like I like I love that character and I love what they did with him and the kid who played it played him excellent well and I like what I liked about him too is that he for me at least had the most motivation mm-hmm. to do anything Luther thought something had happened which may or may not necessarily have been true throughout the whole thing and but he just has a hunch but five is like i know what's happening yeah let's i'm trying to fix this so at least at the beginning i was more drawn to him than anybody else because he had a direction and i knew that that's where it was headed versus Mm -hmm. just building the relationships which was good Mm -hmm. in its own way but i liked having somewhere where it was headed because it gave me a little bit more to to go with yeah and uh, so uh, another big centerpiece for episode two is we get our first taste of of the the time traveling company of assassins that he joined when they come to try to find him, basically to stop him from stopping the apocalypse. He gets attacked in a donut shop, um, which becomes pretty integral to the rest of the story. <laughs> surprisingly, yeah, like this donut shop ends up being like the centerpiece of the entire story for basically the whole interactions with the company because later on in the next episode, they move away from just these no named body guys 
to these two particular well-known assassins in the group. Hazel and Cha-Cha. Yeah, Hazel and Cha-Cha. Played by Mary J. Blige. Yeah, who also has a song on the soundtrack. Uh, by the way, soundtrack is fire. <laughs> yeah, there's some good stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. I've, right I've, been, I've been listening to it on and off for the last like two weeks. Did Gerard have any input on that? Or? Yes, well, he, he has multiple songs on it. He That's did a, cool. he did a uh, cover of uh, Happy Together and then he also did a song called um Lovely Shade of Winter. But yeah, episode 2 like I said it's more kind of fleshing things out. It follows uh Vanya quite a bit as well. She ends up meeting this man who ends up becoming like a pupil of hers. She Trying, plays violin. She plays the violin. That's and like she uh, like basically she plays the violin at a status where she's good but not great, so it's another thing that she's ordinary at. As as if playing the violin's ordinary. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But as far as this other character is concerned, like he seems very like upbeat and he has like like a lot of interest in Vanya. Like he like after they, they finish their session, uh like he like tries to get her to like like come back and see his woodworking shop and like is basically like trying to get her attention but at this point you know her father just died all of her family is now back in her life magically out of nowhere and she's like trying to come to grips with that so she just kind of pushes him off to the side and he's a little bit especially at the beginning for me anyway was a little bit too nice a little too nice and a little too pushy easy guy easy fella you just learned how to play the violin (laughs) (laughs) she's not trying to go out with you she's your teacher yeah some other interesting things that I think are worth mentioning. They have a butler who is an ape yeah. or a chimp, yeah. right? That can talk and is fully clothed and wears glasses. <laughs> and then they have a mother that helped raise them who you find out is like an android. Yeah. And so those two things in particular were some of the – I liked the characters, but I didn't like – I guess I didn't really like the world building mm-hmm. in the show in general because there's a lot of things that this billionaire has that don't seem readily accessible to the rest of the world. Like we don't get enough about what life is like outside of the umbrella because he, so, he builds the android just to be a nanny out of nowhere. He's like, hey, she needs a nanny. I'm going to build an android that's fully functional AI. And it's like, well, if that technology exists – like, where's the rest of it? This is part of the reason why I'm glad I read the books. Right. There's more to it. Yeah, but... There's more to it, and I know that the way they're lining it up as a television show is that there are going to be more reveals later down the line. So I don't want to spoil them for you. Okay, that's fair. But there are legitimate reasons. But to me, yeah. So that was one of the weird things. Where I was like, mm-hmm. well, if that technology is so advanced, then why is the rest of the world not have anything like that, right? Yeah. And then the same with the talking animal. Why is that not a readily accessible thing? Mm-hmm. And then again with uh, Luther's serum. If he has the ability to bring someone back from the brink of death, then why is that not something that was further developed to tweak it to get it right so they don't become a giant hairy beast? <laughs> and why is that not more accessible? And it just seemed too contained Yeah. when, I mean, I don't know. Like, we don't know how he's a billionaire or why he's a billionaire, really. And so I was, I was a little off put by a lot of that stuff because the, the world around outside of them mm-hmm. isn't explained at all, you know? So I was like, well, what's, what's the deal with that stuff? 
And then I was also curious about the other 40, not 40, but what is that? 30 some odd. Yeah. Yeah. People like, do they have powers? And I'm wondering if that's going to come up later. And if it does, that's pretty cool because there's nothing that says that the billionaire gave them powers. That's just what they had. They just had powers. Yeah. And so it, I feel like it leads us to believe that the other 30 ish kids should have powers too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that comes up in the comic at all. Uh, not as far as I've gotten to at this point. Uh, I, like I said, I kind of hope that it does. Right, yeah, because, I mean, that's a lot of kids. Yeah. And I feel like the, there's a lot more potential. But at the same time, if it was something that was existing, then you would think that there would be – it would be mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so that's weird to me that he just happened to get the only seven that had powers. Yeah. So that kind of – I was like, well, where's what about the rest of them? And why weren't they known in any way? Yeah, like I said, I think a lot of a lot of things that they've chosen to do differently from the books is all for adding a level of mystery and having some things that are behind closed doors for the for the viewer because it's more more compelling television. But like I said, there are definitely reasons why he has the resources and the technology in order to do these things. They're just better left for the show to present them and they kind of in a way do a little bit there's a scene in one of the later episodes that shows the monocle but shows him looking around the same age as he was when he went and adopted all of them but like hundreds of years before there are there are you know different things that are in the works they don't dig into it nearly as much as they do in the comics like literally in the first three panels they explain that well, and the part seemed too like he was in the future mm -hmm. because he's looking out his window and a bunch of rockets are taking off. Yeah. When he's talking to his dying wife at some point, right? Mm -hmm. And so that threw me off too. So what I'm thinking, and maybe I'm completely wrong, is that somehow he is like the inventor or creator of the company that Five works for. That somehow, because we don't get any backstory about that either. Yeah. It's just a random company in the 50s yeah. of all places that time travel to make sure events go according to plan, I guess. Yeah. Right. And so part of me was like, I wonder if maybe he has something to do with that. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, it's way before he adopts them, then during the modern, more modern era, and then what seems to be the future. Mm -hmm. So I, I, yeah, I think uh, my one of my biggest problems with the show is I just wanted more and I'm not getting it yet. Yeah. And I don't know if we are going to get it or if that's just something that they're going to leave out. I, I Like I said, at this point, it's pretty well received. So I know we will get another season. I believe there it. Are, they're already talking in, in talks about what the process will look like to make that happen. We get our first real encounter with Hazel and Cha-Cha at, at the, uh, the department store where he goes to see Dolores. And Dolores is a mannequin. Hazel and Chacha come in these weird animal masks, right? Which that is like inflate. Also, not explained because they kind of ditch them partway through the season, and that never shows Five wearing any kind of mask when he goes on his other missions. Yeah, so I was like, huh. But either way, goes to find Dolores. They shoot up the place trying to kill Five, and they end up destroying Dolores partially in the process. But that's how she looks in the future as well. So it's like, it is what it is. Um, and then he finds a way to escape them. And then uh, we go that. I think that's the end of that episode. And then they move on to episode three. I thought that the show 
and I don't know if you're going to agree or disagree with this, but I thought it was pretty predictable for a lot of for a lot of reasons. Initially, Vanya's pupil or whatever, mm-hmm. obviously that was going to become a love interest. I knew that right away. But then also that he was going to be a total creep, I knew immediately, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was like, okay, fine, whatever. And then when they kept emphasizing that she didn't have powers, my initial thought was... He's like, oh, yeah, she totally has powers, yeah. Right, yeah. And then I, I was talking to my buddy about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, and then there's this chick, and she's powerless. And then he was like, but really, she's the most powerful. And I was like, yes! Like, you haven't even watched the show when you already predicted it. And yeah. that happened to be the case. And so I was a little off-put by that as well. And then when they revealed that... Vanya does have powers. I mean, I knew that was coming. As soon as she was like, I need the medicine for my nerves. I've taken these since I was a kid. I yeah. was like, okay, you have powers. Yeah, for sure. And then when it, when they revealed what her power was, my initial thought was she causes the apocalypse. That's exactly what happened. And I was like, ah, it's, I don't know if that's me or what, but I, I mean, I clicked all for me right away. So I saw a lot of those things coming as well, but that wasn't what I was drawn to for the show. Like, the story beats can be what they want to be. My interest was the in-between things. Like, the interactions between the characters and the the way that the world looks. Because the, the way that it's shot and everything is gorgeous. The music is fantastic. The dialogue between the characters is great. And there are little moments in-between things that catch you completely off guard. There, there's a section of time where you think that Vanya's killed Allison. And that moment was so tense, and like I was just like completely shocked that that even happened. Yeah, that like so it was the little moments that caught me off guard. The bigger storyline wasn't a, a, anything I was super concerned with. You know, I would they were you know things to push the plot forward, but the in between stuff was what was interesting for me. I was I wanted the story. <laughs> so and and they, from uh, part of the reason I well, I guess wasn't a huge fan of the in between stuff is because I didn't think that a lot of the character development was great. Mm-hmm. Klaus, obviously his development is fantastic. Yes. We get to see him at his worst multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause he is trying to recover from being a dread addict, but we get to see that relapse and the storyline with him going back in time accidentally and living life there for a while. It was like 10 months, right? Yeah. That- 10 months that he spent in the military in the middle of war and he fell in love with someone. Right, so that I I thought that was great, mm-hmm. and it added so much depth to his character. But outside of that, I mean, we don't really get a lot from anybody. Vanya gets developed, but she ends up becoming this maniac, and I don't necessarily agree with how quick she went from the most innocent person to the most evil person. I think that part of that is is based on her power set. It's based on moods, right? And which is cool. And I really like, it, that. and it it's not something she has complete control over, so it just takes over. True. And then I kind of like the idea, too, of her extraordinary side like in conflict with her ordinary side. Yeah, and we like get the to complete see opposite that. Right. And we get to see that tug and pull on her from both directions. Mm-hmm. So she was pretty interesting, too. I wanted more from Five. I mean, we don't get a lot of development from him, either. Luther is probably the... Luther and Allison are probably the least developed. We, and, again, with them, another predictable thing. As soon as they were, like, on screen together, I was like, like, oh, they're into each other. Yeah. And I was like, ah. And then they they are kind of because they have this kind of beautiful moment mm-hmm. where they realize it and they come to this conclusion like, hey, let's just admit it to each other. And there's this 
I mean, I guess weird dance number. Yeah. But it's it's nice. And then that completely negates itself because five goes back in time and changes everything. So I was like, ah. So there was some stuff where I was like, okay, you're developing these characters, but now you're kind of pulling back. Mm-hmm. And then Diego, they start to develop him, stuff with his female cop friend, mm-hmm. the detective, but we don't get a lot of that either. Yeah. And I really started to feel for him. I kind of hated him at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think we're supposed to. And they kind of point you in the direction that he's killed like, his father. Yeah, but in reality, he's covering for like the what he feels is like the only person who ever really loved him, which is the android who is his mother. Right. You know, and you get a little bit as to why. I mean, like he were, he had a lot of trouble with speech when he was younger, and she helped him figure it out. I really like their relationship. And yes. I, I feel like we don't get a lot of Diego as a kid. Mm-hmm. We get a lot, or not a lot, but we get more from the rest of them, but not a lot from him. Well, I guess we get a lot from five Klaus and Vanya, but not a ton from mm-hmm. the other ones as kids. Because we don't really see Allison as a kid, except for her and Luther sneaking off into a tent. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I guess I just wanted more. And, and like I said, and I think that that, I think that you'll get, more of that uh, when they do Dallas, but as far as um, as far as those characters are concerned, they all have little things, little things to kind of show why they are the way that they are. Right, like they show Luther getting banged up on that mission, and they show them having to save his life by using that weird serum, and they show kind of like his reaction to how he looked when he came to. They show. Allison and having that interaction with her daughter where she used her powers and got caught and how like devastated she was that she wasn't a part of her daughter's life anymore. And then with Diego, you obviously get the scenes with, with, uh, with mother and you also get the scenes with his love interest or female friend or whatever you want to call her. So they're like I said, they all have their own little things, but obviously there are some of them that stand out more than others. Like I said, the dynamic between Klaus and Ben is incredible. Klaus's storyline is fantastic. The best of the seven, mm-hmm. I would think. And I like that. So he talks to the dead. Mm-hmm. And so he's able to, I guess, at some point summon him. So the reason that he is a drug addict, essentially, is to keep them all at bay. Yeah. So the so more sober he becomes, then the, the more, more he can speak to them. Yeah, the more in tune he becomes. Right. And then toward the end... We don't get a ton of it, but he is able to use the spirits or ghosts or whatever you want to call them to manipulate the world around him. So mm-hmm. he can almost control ghosts in a way. So at one point, stuff's about to fall on top of him and Diego and the, their ghost brother is able to pull them out. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And at one point, he punches Ben, the ghost Ben, punches Klaus on the face, <laughs> which is pretty cool. And then toward the end, Ben is able to use his powers in ghost form, but still have an effect on the real world. Yeah. So that was, and that was rad. Cause mm-hmm. I, the whole, when they showed Ben as a kid in that room behind closed doors and we yeah. got to see the tentacles, I was like, dude, I don't know what just happened, but I want to see that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it was cool to actually get to see him like rip open his shirt and have these tentacles come out and mm-hmm. tackle these people. Yeah, so I'm interested for the next season. Because like I said, I haven't read the next set of books. I kind of don't want to. I want to keep myself at bay. I'm interested to see, since they are traveling back in time, A, where you know when they'll end up, and B, 
will Ben still be dead? Oh, that's a good point. Because he went back with him, technically, mm-hmm. and they all aged downward. Yeah. So I wonder, yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. It's, it's interesting because, so I guess essentially what happens is Vanya can manipulate basically everything. She's like a, yeah. she's like a bomb essentially. Mm-hmm. So she is able to exude energy. So originally she was going to destroy the world with her power. They go back in time to try and change things and they stop her. But in the process, they destroy the moon. <laughs> yeah. Which was super weird. And then the moon, as it's breaking up, comes and causes the apocalypse. So yeah. they don't necessarily stop the apocalypse, but they stopped the original apocalypse mm-hmm. from however it happened. And so that was interesting. But it goes into what the time travel people were saying that one way or another, it's going to happen. Like, you can't escape it. Yeah. And so they decide, hey... Well, uh, five decides, come with me. I'll take us all back in time. And, and it'll give we'll us more time. Yeah. yeah. And we'll change Vanya to make her feel, cause she's upset that they treated her like shit. And some of them knew she had power and then is, I guess, lashing out essentially. Yeah. And so they want to go back and be better humans, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which is cool. And I hope, hopefully that works out. So they end up all traveling back in time and becoming kids again. So I think that's going to be kind of weird. I hope that people connect with the children character if they were able to connect with the adults because now we're losing all those actors. Yeah. Maybe. I guess we don't know how it's going to work, but mm-hmm. there's a good possibility we're going to lose the actors that we just spent the last 10 hours with. Yeah, and like I said, I think a lot of people will be disappointed, especially about uh, Robert Sheehan, the, the actor that plays Klaus, well-known for his role in the television show Misfits. Uh, that was on BBC, uh, also about uh, people who gain superpowers, which is which is an interesting <laughs> little connection. Uh, but Klaus is definitely, like I said, he's definitely going to be the fan favorite character from this one. Um, most people that I've talked to immediately go to him. He's the most entertaining and fun and, I guess, likable. <laughs> when he kind of has like a, like a Bowie quality about him, too. <laughs> right. I can see that. I didn't love it. But you're intrigued. But I would watch a second season, I guess. I don't have any desire to... I don't think I would ever watch the first season again, if that is any indication of how so, I feel. So I feel like I'm 100% the polar opposite on that field. <laughs> like, I almost considered rewatching it again already. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I want to pick up all the little bits and pieces. I want to pick up on the different music cues, because there's some songs on the soundtrack that I didn't notice were in the show. So I want to see where they're at. Like I said, I, it, it, it intrigued me enough to go back and read the comics. I love the characters and I love their interactions between each other. Some of them aren't necessarily fleshed out as others, but right. their interactions still have value. And like I said, I feel like like specifically some of the scenes, like I said, dealing with Klaus and dealing with you know him basically getting PTSD, watching someone he loved die, like those things are really poignant for me. The you know, the argument between you know, Allison and Vanya, when Vanya finds out that Allison basically, you know, took her powers from her was like I said, that scene was just so raw and emotional. And then when it all kind of comes to a head and she slices her throat, a probably took her powers away and B, right. Exposition of that. Yeah. Great. B it also like just watching her go from 
being completely out of control to turning around and just being like upset at what she'd done and not understanding what she'd done. Right. And I think again, it plays with the idea of her being extraordinary and then ordinary. Yeah. And that idea. And I like the idea too, where she believes she's ordinary and living in Allison's shadow. And then by the end of the show, it's flipped where Allison is going to now be living in her shadow because Allison potentially is ordinary, ordinary and not going to be able to act, which is her job. So yeah. her, her life as an actress and as a superhero or whatever you want to call these people is over. Yeah. You know, she's, she's going to be the one that's going to potentially have to be watched after versus Vanya who can now basically do whatever she wants. Yeah. So that was cool. I liked that. I mean, I'm not saying that there wasn't stuff about the series that I enjoyed because I definitely liked parts of it. And some of the characters, you know, were great. And I, I really liked the development of the relationship between Klaus and Diego because mm-hmm. we get a lot more of that in the last few episodes. Yeah. From when he comes back and he goes to the vet bar. Mm-hmm. And from there, their development that, is great, dude. That scene was incredible. Right. Like I said, any scene that has Klaus as a central figure is out of this world good. Emmy possibilities good. He was excellent in it. Like I said, all of the scenes he were in, you know, especially the later you get into the series, are fantastic. So, like I said, I'm not sure exactly how the next season works. But, I mean, I will be a little disappointed, you know, if we do end up having to get rid of the actors that we've, you know, fallen in love with up to this point. But if they do well, then I imagine we'll see them again. Yeah, I'm sure that they're going to have to do Something because I mean it's not like we haven't seen them as kids this far. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a taste of those characters, and then it, as far as five goes, that's all we've gotten a taste yeah. of really. And so I'm assuming that they're going to do flash forwards. Maybe, maybe? I don't know. We're getting into lost territory. Yeah, <laughs> flash sideways. <laughs> but at least there's something set in stone. They have they have a Bible. You know, they can go off of what's already been written for them. You know, like I said, it's a well-beloved comic series, so people are interested. And it's, this show is getting great critical reception. A lot of people are saying that it's, you know, something that they feel is revitalizing the, like, the like the comic book uh, adaptation. And I, while I don't necessarily agree with that, I don't think there's a lot, you know, there there are some things that are definitely wrong with comic book adaptations, but I feel like, I feel like the MCU is still doing great things. Right. And a part of it too, when I was watching felt like Netflix response to losing all its Marvel stuff. They're like, yeah. well, wait a second. We still have to have a superhero show. <laughs> and so here it is a bunch of dysfunctional superheroes, which is essentially what the defenders was. Right. Yeah. So a part of me was trying to get that out of my mind that Netflix is wanting superheroes still on their docket. But I f- also feel like this was less about them being superheroes and more about them people who deal with having powers. Right. And the repercussions of what it's like to have powers as a child versus your upbringing and nature and nurture and all that crap. <laughs> but I will say that I hope that we get more relationship development mm-hmm. because there's a lot there. And there's a lot of this show that needs to be flushed out for it to continue and for it to – like be impactful, you know? And there's a lot of stuff that we've discussed today where it's like, I feel like if we had more of that stuff, we'd be in good shape. Yeah. And I would have been more drawn into it at least. 
And so I don't know. I don't know how other people feel because I haven't really talked to too many people outside of you and one other person about <laughs> it. But I know your your wife really liked it too, right? Yeah. She's pulled you into it? Yeah. So she wa- she started watching it before I did because I knew it was a thing. I just hadn't gotten an opportunity to, to check it out yet. And then I saw like – so I walked in and I saw the scene where Five is running away from Hazel and Coco in the department store. Mm. And I was like – this looks amazing. And I was like, all right, so uh, we're starting this over. I apologize. <laughs> we're starting it from the beginning. And then I ended up watching it in a day and a half. How did she feel at the end? Uh, she loved it. Um, she also is very, very Team Klaus, very Team Five. Um, uh, she had, She's usually less strict on things than I am, which is pretty yeah. surprising considering I'm not super strict on things. But it, like I said, it, for me, it just depends on genres and sub- subject matter. Like, I'm a lot more of a stickler about horror than I am with, like, sci-fi most of the time. But she thoroughly enjoyed it. She loved the characters. She loved the place that the story went. And she's also very excited to see the next season and see what happens. One thing I will say that I'm interested to see, and I hope they develop it more, is that it seems like everybody has a base power. Mm-hmm. Where they're able to do what they think their power is, but there's more beyond that. So Mm -hmm. they haven't really tapped into all of their potential. So five is able initially to jump through space, but then he is able to develop the ability to jump through time as well. well. And then on top of that, another one that you're probably not even thinking of, he's able to do that with people. Right. And toward the end, we get to see that. And then Klaus is able to talk to the dead and then he's able to summon the dead as well. But then he's able to utilize them yeah. for his own benefit, I guess. Which, again, is cool, and hopefully they develop that more. So I'd be interested to see what can further develop from... Luther, Klaus. Luther, well... Not Klaus, I meant Luther, Diego. And um, Allison. Yeah. Like, if she's able to even do anything, mm-hmm. what further can she do? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think Vanya needs anything else in her, in her power set. But again, she, st- <laughs> she starts off as... <laughs> Right. No, I, I agree with that. But she starts off small, too. Yeah. And then hers quickly develops. She's able to utilize hers almost instantly. And it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> There's parts where, where I was like, I'm a little bit scared of Ellen Page right now, and I don't want to be scared of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if you've seen any of the art uh, from the comic of her as her her code name, the, the White, White Violin... Violin. Uh, it's super interesting and I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route because it would have been pretty creepy in real life to see like that style. Oh, really? Yeah, You'll have to show it to me. Yeah. We'll have to put some pictures and stuff up of mm-hmm. some of that stuff because it sounds interesting and sometimes comics are a little bit silly. Yeah. And when they try to develop them for TV, it doesn't always translate as well. One of the main villains from Luke Cage, they try to make look like the comic version of him. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll have to check that out. Is there anything else that you want to get into? I mean, this is just two people's opinions about the show. If you decided to ruin the show for yourself and listen to this before you, before you watched, go watch the show. Like I said, there's plenty of things that we left on the floor. Like I said, if we had gone with what the original format was looking like and gone episode by episode, it would have been too much. Uh, they, like I said, there's stuff that we missed. We missed... Um, we missed Hazel's whole love arc. Like that storyline was super great. I loved that. 
Like there are so many little tidbits about the show. There's so many little minute details and But I felt like they hinted at stuff and it was again underdeveloped. Because at one point it seems like Cha Cha is in love with Hazel. That we still don't know. But yeah. There's still more. Exactly. I, I know, but but they might not. They might be dead. We don't know. Well, we we know for sure that Hazel isn't. I don't what happened with Hazel, I don't remember. At the end, Hazel gets a box. Oh, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so him and him and uh, Donut Lady leave. <laughs> Donut. That's that's her uh, actual that's character's <laughs> name, Donut Lady. <laughs> right. So I think that was my biggest thing. Is I wanted things to be more developed. I guess quicker. I felt like they could have strayed from other aspects to give us more focus. It was a little bit unfocused for me and a little bit predictable. I loved it. I felt like the. While some of the larger story beats are predictable, I do feel like the stuff in between is gold. And what's the what's the butler's name? Uh, Pong- Mr. Pogo. Pogo. Pogo? I liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that was just me. And, and it, it made me sad towards the end where like they like like they're not being very nice to him right. anymore. Or at least Luther isn't. Because he's upset because he helped his dad commit suicide. Right, and Luther ends up being kind of a baby. I was like, uh, kind of over you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we can keep talking, and I'll just keep telling you how much I am media medium on it, <laughs> how lukewarm on it I am. But I didn't hate it. Say, so, well, hopefully that I would watch a second season. Yeah, hopefully that'll change with season two. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we get that sooner rather than later. Yeah, because like I said, I'm, I mean, I've been I've been kind of in that weird in between place, just finding things to try to plug that hole for for. Uh, Stranger Things and for Game of Thrones. <laughs> Soon. Yeah, I'm ready for both Stranger of those Stranger Things is in a couple months, right? Well, a few months. Yeah, and then uh, Game of Thrones should be coming right around the same time. Oh, I can't wait for Stranger Things. I'm not a big Game of Thrones fan, but I love Stranger Things. <laughs> love it. All right, cool. Well, like John was saying, if you spoiled the show for you, go check that out and then let us know what you think. And if you didn't spoil the show for you, watched it, and have opinions on it, then let us know about those two. Do you agree with what we're saying? Do you disagree? Do you think I'm a total idiot for not loving it? Do you think John's a pushover for loving it? <laughs> let us know what you think either way, because we want to hear back and we want to hear what other people think about it too, yeah. because obviously we're not the like definitive opinions on anything, <laughs> you know, but that's going to be it for this episode. Yeah. You can join us next week. We're going to talk about, the <laughs> we're gonna watch a leprechaun returns the most recent in the leprechaun series i guess that came out of december last year john's super excited and there's a good chance that we will do a bonus episode of us watching that one like we did with thanks killing and not like we did with jack frost which we never did <laughs> why'd you bring it up it was out of the lexicon <laughs> That's not canon anymore. <laughs> but be on the lookout for that. So hopefully we can get you the us watching and you can watch along with us version on the 17th on actual St. Patrick's Day. And then us talking about the movie itself like we did with Thanksgiving on the next day. Yep. So I'll do my best to edit those and get those <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> but uh, our little birthday shindig is going to be... That Saturday, I think. Yeah. 
So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I have. Uh, we'll, we'll see how able we are to move on the seventeenth. <laughs> we're gonna be the big dirty thirty. Yeah, let's not talk about. It. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So, in the meantime, you can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's at Porcelain Peak, and you can send us an email to share some of your thoughts. That's going to be at porcelainpeak at gmail dot com. Obviously, you can go to the website. There's cool stuff on there, some of the pictures for what we talked about, a little bit of videos, and just interesting stuff and, from Porson Peak. Uh, for this one, we'll uh, we'll see if we can even uh, either pop in a hyperlink or even see if we can thread it in so that way you actually have like all the fun stuff uh, for the playlist from Umbrella Academy for Apple Music. Oh, yeah. I should be able to connect that. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead and check that out, and that's going to be at porcelainpeak.com. And if you have any comments, then shoot us those comments and go ahead and rate, review, share, and subscribe for us so we can keep bringing you content. The more feedback you give us, the better that we can get. So we'd love to hear back from you guys. Yeah. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Keep it creepy. A Hyperforge Alpha Network production. Thank you.